This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Empire. Language models and betting are emerging together. And it's not just in sports betting, I think in every industry. If you, you get, if it's not, if something isn't in your top one or two or three priorities, it's not getting done. And I think, it, I think it's rising to the top of the priorities now because there's a real opportunity to stand out and take a different approach. That's Jonathan Power, Managing Director at VoxBet, where voice-activated betting is modernizing. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Voice-activated betting makes sense, especially in an era of options that are seemingly endless. Now that AI and large language models are being unveiled and improved upon at a rapid pace, the dynamics of all of this technology is being incorporated together. Our guest this week is Jonathan Power. He's the managing director at VoxBet, which is a company that uses software to allow sports bettors to securely and accurately bet via natural language, voice, and text. We are in the next gen of betting using AI. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us. Glad to talk to you, Brian. Very timely, obviously, with what's going on in large language model chat uh, innovation. Tell me a little bit about VoxBet and and what you were building. Well, VoxBet has have been processing natural language bets for fifteen years. Uh, we process bets that arrive as uh, text messages uh, that come into us over SMS, over Viber, they could come into us over WhatsApp. Where um. For that period of time, so, so actually since before the smartphone, people could get a bet on by writing their um, writing out a text message. Um, about a year ago, we decided to pivot to avail of the huge leaps forward that have been made in the technology that translates voice accurately, and um, to allow people to speak their bet. So uh, we're appealing to quite a different demographic because with text betting. We were appealing to people who'd rather text their bets than go onto a smartphone and do it the, the way most people do it, so it was quite neat. But we're appealing to quite a different demographic now because we're appealing to people who are who use voice technology every day. So what we've created is what we call our bet mic. Um, it's, a, it's a widget that can be dropped onto any sports book or betting application or betting website or indeed any media site where you press the mic, speak what it is you want. And it will show it to you straight away. And then you decide whether that's, if that's what you want, so you can then go ahead and complete your bet. Let me go back um, just to what you, let me just ask you a large, broad question for a moment. Um, when you started doing this 10, 15 years ago, did you think we'd be here today with where the technology is and what it's capable of? No, everything we did when we started out, we had to handcraft our own natural language. We had to do all our own natural language processing. Um, and which we did very well because we, it, natural language processing becomes 
infinitely easier once you know the context of what somebody is expressing. So if you're, if you're talking in sport or in sports betting, but we still have to build it all. That was what Google have done, what everybody, what all the big tech companies have done in this space in the last um, 10 years is immense. And um, so, um, but when we started out, there was nothing. We had to build everything ourselves. Um, in terms of safety, security of the transactions, can you t- kind of take me through how you guys think about voice technology and keeping everything secure? Well, what we do is we're positioning this at the moment. We could place the bet when somebody has finished speaking it. We could, um, and so far the testing we're seeing is the level of accuracy we have. We could par- quite safely do that. Um, it's not our intention. What we're, our intention is is to make it easier for the customer to populate their bet slip with what it is they want. Yeah. So instead of having endless of clicks through menus, they can just speak what it is they want, and then we can we show it to them on the bet slip. So the customer confirms themselves. So from a security point of view, and um, the customer confirms that what we that we have accurately interpreted what they said. So we're not um, yet anyway delving into having to take the risk that we got it right or wrong. Yeah. Okay. And so you're partnering with the bookmakers themselves and utilizing the technology that way, essentially on, on their behalf. Is that the best way to put this? Yeah. We're an invisible enabler. We're a B2B provider to sportsbook operators. Okay. Um, all right. So you, when we initially started talking about this, you said you're serving a different generation who's more accustomed to all of this. Can you talk a little bit more about that, where the younger generation um, is ready for this type of technology, is equipped for this type of technology, and desires this type of technology? Yeah, okay. Well, there's two, there's two kinds of groups we're aiming at, but let's talk about the, the one which uh, you just mentioned. The it's not, are these people ready for this technology? It's these people, I think, are frustrated that it doesn't exist. <laughs> if, you look, if you look at an e-commerce site, a typical e-commerce site or a social site or a media site, and look at how you engage with it. And if you look at it uh, in a, if you look at what a sportsbook is, a sportsbook is how AOL and Yahoo presented the internet in the mid-1990s. It is millions of things that you can bet on that you navigate by going through layers and layers of menus. That's exactly how AOL presented the internet in the 1990s when I first started using it. It's how Yahoo presented the first search engine until Google came along, where Google said, just type in what you want and we'll bring you right there. If you presented, if Spotify presented its interface the way a sportsbook interface is presented, nobody would use it. So these people, even though whether it's voice or whether it's um, whether you just type it in what you want, it doesn't really matter. But the generation we're trying to appeal to use this technology every day already. They just don't use it. And I think that generation will be mesmerized at the complexity, unnecessary complexity, let's <laughs> say, when they look at the sportsbook side. <laughs> why, why, just out of curiosity, why do you think their way that they have uh, portrayed their platforms is the best way to put it, arcane? Why Why has it been that way? Um, innovation, well, it, it's very interesting because I was quite sure that um, when the U.S. market opened up that you would see a very, very different interpretation of how a sportsbook should present. 
Um, I can understand how it happened in Europe, but when the first sports books went online in the late 1990s, they more or less listed what were coupons from shops. You used to go in and you you get a, a coupon from a shop, and you you fill out your you fill out your bet on that. And they more or less lifted those and put them and convert them to HTML and stuck them on a website. And then they started to add more and more and more content. So there were a few thousand things you could bet on when we started out with in this industry. There are now millions of things you can bet on. And um, any one match is about five thousand different things you can bet on. Um, but they still present the same interface. And I think um, it's not an industry known for innovation. In my time in the industry, there are three standout innovations. Um, the first one was betting and running. Uh, the second one was cash out. And the third one was in-game in parlays. There isn't really been any, there hasn't really been any other standout innovations within the industry. But, but the innovations have come from outside, like the smartphone is an innovation, but like the, the, um, they jumped on that. Um, so I was surprised when the US market opened up that a different interpretation of the sports book wasn't presented because everybody in Europe's grown up with how you do it. And the US market is completely new huh. to this opportunity. And they've just lifted and dropped what has worked in Europe. I didn't think they'd do that. And I think the reason they've done that is how the US is regulated. It's not regulated on a federal basis. It's regulated state by state. So the battle all along in the US to date has been get ready for New York, get ready for the, um, get ready for Florida, be ready, get your licensing in place. So they lifted and dropped what works in um, Europe and their focus is on um, savage spend on marketing and getting the next license. The fact that you make a really good point here, it doesn't mean they can't do both things at the same time. I agree with you that the priorities are about the changing laws and uh, land grabs of new users when jurisdictions flip, but it doesn't mean they couldn't have a better interface, right? So it is, I, I think it sounds like you're a little bit incredulous that they didn't do it either. Yeah, of course it doesn't mean they can't um, have a different interface. I think there was, would have, might have been, a, it wasn't considered at the moment, and it's not just in sports betting, I think in every industry, if you, you get, if it's not, something isn't in your top one or two or three priorities, it's not getting done. And I think it, I think it's rising to the top of the priorities now because there's a real opportunity to stand out and take a different approach. Um, in a market that where at the moment you need a very heavy money cannon to build market share. And if you try and compete on the same basis as everybody else, you need very deep pockets and the return on investment to date, I suppose the best way of putting it is probably slow. This episode is brought to you by Chalk and Dog, which brings together the vast experience and expertise of two of the brightest agencies in media, sports, wagering, and gaming. With deep roots in the UK and the US, the agency offers expert guidance in everything from market entry to market expansion for startups as well as established global brands powered by best-in-class communication and creative experts. Chalk and Dog has vast international experience and delivers results-oriented, tailor-made solutions for B2B and B2C organizations. So at some point, do you feel like, you know, not that you're doing it, your company's doing it purposefully, but semi doing it, you're dragging these companies into modern engagement and modern um, abilities for users to use the interfaces the way that they want to? 
I, I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't go so far as to say we're dragging anybody. We're trying to persuade. We, I wish we had the market power to drag. If we were <laughs> Google or Amazon, perhaps, or Spotify, we could drag. But we're trying to persuade. And what we're doing, in, and how we're trying to persuade, is where, if, if again, if you compare sports betting to other technology platforms that people use every day, and I'll I, I take a Spotify example or a Twitter example. Not only are sportsbook operators offering things that are the same as everybody else, um, in some ways you could say that's unavoidable. I think it is avoidable, but in some ways you could say it's unavoidable. But what's really surprising and I think unique in e-commerce terms is that if I picked up your version of FanDuel and my version of FanDuel, they're identical, 100% identical, even though we might bet on completely different things. Where if I picked up your Spotify and with, and I gave you my Spotify, it looks totally different in terms of what it's suggesting. It's well, unless we have the very same taste in music, it's um, they're totally different. And so what they do is they personalize the experience around you. But if you offer an interface, a means of, if your means of navigating through your content, millions of things you can bet on, if the only way you offer to navigate that is a menu system, 99% of your real estate is taken up with that menu. Mm. And everybody has the same experience. So depending on what you want to bet on, you have to dive into different points in that menu system and go through many, many layers to build your bet up. Um, it's difficult for a single. It's especially difficult if you're having a parlay or a multiple, as we call it over here. Um, so that's what... If you can, if you can offer navigation like what Google has, yeah. if you look at what the Google homepage is, blank page almost, um, and it's what you type in there, and, what, and potentially your search history. Then, it, what we were one of the means we have of persuading people that this is something they really need to look at is that if you can free up, if you can navigate the content by a single microphone, which is just one button that you press, press and hold, press on, press off, it doesn't matter. You've got the rest of the content, you've got the rest of the real estate completely free for them to personalize what that customer they think they have declared an interest in. So if I say, I want to look at the price on this, um, this game and I want to pin that to my homepage. So that's me customizing my own homepage. Yeah. Or it is that we know you like to bet on US politics and we know the Republican primaries are coming up. That's quite a big market now. Um, it, it, uh, every four years, it's oh. quite a, there's quite a lot. There's quite a lot of fun on that. And if there's things you're interested, or let's say the U.S. Masters, I always bet on the majors. I think, well, there's a major coming up next week, so now we're going to we're going to show you that's going to be on your homepage. So by allowing the whole content to be navigable with a single button, frees up everything else to create a customized, personalized user experience that you would expect if you were a Spotify. So it's not as if we're evangelizing something that's a conceptual. This is proven. It's just never been done before. Yeah. I think it, it, with your example with Spotify, so I'll put in, uh, lately I've been listening to the White Stripes. I've been going through their catalog, and underneath the White Stripes will be all these different recommendations of types of music that fall into this category. And I can go into a rabbit hole if I want to, but I'll probably take the time to explore all of that. In the betting circles, it, it makes 
what you're talking about because the people who are on these sites and ready to bet are looking for things to act on immediately. And it is pretty amazing that you are forced to navigate your way to finding the things you want to find when immediacy seems to be priority one or two for some of these operators. Yeah, it's, um, it, 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 I suppose, put it mildly, we think it's surprising. And we think, but also what we know from previous innovations in the industry is that once, once one person changes and it works, they all change straight away. So once, once the first operator started doing it in play, they were all doing it in play within a few months. Likewise with cash out, when you offer cash out, first few operators to offer, I can't remember which is the first one to offer it, and they all had it. And now with in-game parlays, I think Skybet were the first ones to do that. And with, again, within three, six months, they all have it and they all must have it. So it is an industry that almost innovates together rarely. All right, let me ask you one final thing, and it's kind of a big picture question, and I don't know if you can answer it or not, but since you are working in voice technology, um, and obviously there's been a tremendous amount of innovation in large language technology where you're conversing back and forth, do you see an application by which AI is going to be conversing with betters about opportunity? It's a, it's an area that I find quite interesting, and it's um, I think the area I do it, I, well, first of all, I think when somebody is talking to a computer, um, they don't want to speak to a computer the way they speak to a human. Well, at least I hope that's true because it'd be a bit, it'd be a bit of a sad reflection on humanity if we wanted to talk to a computer. I know some people might, but by and large, we don't. But um, one area that I think would be very interesting in AI and um, very a very popular source of inspiration for betting are tipsters. People like to follow tipsters. They have their favorite tipsters. And I think it'd be really interesting to create AI models that try and take on the tipsters. That'll actually say, I, I think if you had a tipster that said, chat GPT thinks this horse is going to win this race, or this horse has a better, has a better chance of winning this race than the price to get. I think that, I think, um, that would be quite an interesting source of content. So I do think AI in generating content um, and generating betting opportunities and explaining why it could be a good opportunity to compete with tipsters, I think that would be quite a popular um, means of engaging. It's not, it's, it's not our lane. Um, but in terms of what I don't expect to happen is that people will want to speak to a sports book as if they're speaking to their friend. Yeah. I think when somebody's speaking to a sports book, they know they're speaking to a computer. If they're using our technology, they know they're speaking to a computer. They will speak a command, uh, as you do with Alexa. You're very specific. Um, what you, uh, I think people think about what they say to Alexa because they want it to work. Same with Siri, and I think it'll be the same with our bet mic. You will be very functional in what you say, and then we can be very accurate and very fast. It's very interesting. Jonathan Power is the Managing Director at VoxBet. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks very much, Bram. Really enjoyed talking to you. On the next Future Sport Podcast, we'll dive into the world of niche sports and hear about the success of disc golf. But yeah, the, the growth has been usually through clubs um, organized you know, around courses that exist saying, hey, how can we build another course? It's a lot of volunteer labor put in, but more and more private investment as well. That's Jeff Spring, CEO of the Disc Golf Pro Tour, who is leveraging all kinds of technology to grow his sport. 
That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.